Today's podcast is on the 2017 November Hypertension Guidelines, which is the most recent guidelines on management of high blood pressure. Hypertension is a leading cause for mortality and disability. It is estimated uh, nearly uh, 875 million adults worldwide have elevated blood pressure. There is a blood pressure, systolic blood pressure of 140 millimeters or greater. With its association with cardiovascular disease, stroke, cerebrovascular accidents, heart failure, and chronic kidney disease, high blood pressure is second only to cigarette smoking as a preventable cause of mortality in the U.S. In fact, uh, the, the main goal of controlling blood pressure, even in asymptomatic patients, is to prevent strokes to prevent heart failure and to prevent chronic kidney disease. In, in board certification exams, they expect you to know that by controlling blood pressure, you're most likely to reduce the burden of stroke by treating high blood pressure. Given the demographic trends of aging, the prevalence of hypertension is going to continue to increase and 79% of the men and 85% of the women above the age of 75 years of age have high blood pressure. The AHA guideline recommends classifying blood pressure into four categories. Normal blood pressure, that is a blood pressure less than 120 by 80 millimeters of mercury. Elevated blood pressure, that is 120 to 129 uh, systolic blood pressure and uh, the diastolic less than 80 millimeters of mercury. Stage one blood hypertension, which is 130 to 139 by 80 to 89 millimeters of mercury. And stage two hypertension, where the systolic is greater or equal to 140 millimeters of mercury, and the diastolic is greater or equal to 90 millimeters of mercury. This new uh, classification of blood pressure is to, re is to reflect the observation that uh, the risk of high blood pressure is a continuum. It's a gradient in cardiovascular disease risk as the blood pressure increases from normal to elevated uh, blood pressure from stages 1 to 2. In this new guideline document, uh, it recommends the use of out-of-office blood pressure measurements, measurements, either home or ambulatory blood pressure monitoring, in the diagnosis and therapy of high blood pressure. This rec recommendation reflects the known freak, frequent inconsistencies between office and home blood pressure values. This guideline document extensively discusses mass hypertension and white coat hypertension in the, and acknowledges that tighter blood pressure goals recommends closed blood pressure monitoring and it's best done at home. Compared with usual care, patients using home blood pressure monitoring have a greater reduction in office systolic blood pressure at six months versus office measured blood pressure. Given, this, given these findings, uh, the, uh, the guideline document recommends home monitoring of blood pressure. In my own clinical practice, 
I encourage my patients to buy a home blood pressure machine and I recommend that they monitor their blood pressure. Even though we record the blood pressure in the office, if the blood pressure is higher in the office and lower at home, we use the home recordings to titrate antihypertensive uh, medications. In this guideline document, non-pharmacologic interventions are strongly supported uh, for their primary and complementary effect in lowering blood pressure. These interventions include weight loss in patients who are overweight or obese, a healthy diet such as a DASH diet, which is the dietary approaches to stop hypertension diet, sodium restriction, potassium supplementation, increased physical activity, and moderation of alcohol consumption. Most of these non-pharmacologic interventions have shown in several randomized trials to reduce systolic blood pressure by 5 to 10 millimeters of mercury. In fact, weight loss has shown to decrease blood pressure by about 1 millimeter per mercury, 1 millimeter mercury per 1 kilo of weight loss. Adoption of the DASH diet yielded a 11 millimeter decrease in systolic blood pressure. Initiations of medications for high blood pressure is recommended for patients with or at high risk of cardiovascular disease at blood pressure levels of 130 by 80 millimeters of mercury or higher. Therapy is recommended for patients without and at low risk of cardiovascular disease at 140 by 90 millimeters of mercury or higher. To stratify risk, the guideline document recommends using the ASVD risk score, the estimated 10-year risk of myocardial infarction, CVA, or coronary artery disease death of 10%. Blood pressure-lowering medication is recommended for patients with clinical cardiovascular disease or an estimated 10-year atherosclerotic CVD, that is ASCVD risk of 10% or higher, who have a systolic blood pressure of 130 millimeters of mercury or higher, or a diastolic blood pressure of 80 millimeters of mercury or higher. For patients with no history of cardiovascular disease and atherosclerotic CBD risk of less than 10%, blood pressure lowering medication is recommended for patients who have a systolic blood pressure of 140 millimeters of mercury or higher, or a diastolic blood pressure of 90 millimeters of mercury or higher. In patients with cardiovascular disease or atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease event risk of 10% or higher, a blood pressure target of less than 130 by 80 millimeters of mercury is recommended. A blood pressure target of less than 130 by 80 millimeters of mercury may be also reasonable at low risk patients. In fact, in my opinion, why wait for a stroke or heart failure? One would argue if the patients don't have uh, side effects of medications for everyone uh, after the age of 50, a blood pressure target of less than 130 by 80 millimeters of mercury uh, is a reasonable option. In patients warranting medical therapy and requiring medications, the medications of choice include thiazide diuretics, calcium channel blockers, angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, 
or angiotensin II receptor blockers as first-line agents. In patients with stage 2 hypertension and an average blood pressure of more than 20 by 10 millimeters of mercury above their blood pressure target would benefit from two first-line agents of different classes as beginning therapy. These re recommendations rest on expert opinion based on studies using fixed dose combinations that show greater blood pressure lowering and better, better adherence to therapy with fixed dose combinations. In the ACCORD trial, there was an increase in serious adverse events attributable to blood pressure medications, 3.3% uh, versus 1.27% with a p-value of 0.001. Although there was no overall increase in adverse events in the SPRINT trial, there were increases in low blood pressure or hypotension, 2.4% versus 1.4% p-value of 0.001. And for syncope, 2.3% versus 1.7% with a p-value of 0.05. These new guidelines are based on recent randomized trials, as well as observational and modeling studies, which support the idea that Lower treatment thresholds and targets are beneficial in high-risk patients since progressively greater absolute risk reductions occur as baseline risk increases. Although studies do suggest that lower blood pressure is better in most patients, including older than 75 years of age, the balance of potential benefits of high blood pressure management and medication costs adverse effects, and polypharmacy must be considered in each individual patient. Shared decision-making between patients and the clinician is required to arrive at optimal therapy for each patient. Uh, in, in the frail elderly patient, however, one review by Chobanian encourages therapy of elderly patients Finally, this guideline supports team-based uh, electronic medical record and population health-based approaches to blood pressure control. The risk of uh, cardiovascular disease increases in a long linear fashion with the increase in systolic blood pressure. A 20 millimeter mercury higher systolic blood pressure or a 10 millimeter higher diastolic blood pressure are each associated with a doubling in the risk of death from stroke, heart disease, or other vascular disease. This guideline uh, recommendations are important because it doesn't follow a one-size-fits-all approach, but is a risk-based approach, a more precision-based approach. The impact of high blood pressure is often overlooked in women and African-American African-Americans. For an adult 45 years of age without high blood pressure, the 40-year risk for developing high blood pressure is 93% for African Americans, 92% for Hispanics, 86% for whites, and 84% for Chinese adults. In 2010, hypertension was the leading cause of death and disability adjusted life years worldwide and a greater contributor to events in women and African Americans compared to Caucasians. The targets recommended by these guidelines should be achievable with a combination of lifestyle measures, 
including DASH diet, weight loss, and medications. The utilization of medications in an asymptomatic patient needs the patient buy-in. Finally, management of high blood pressure includes management of comorbidities such as smoking, dyslipidemia, diabetes, and endocrine damage. These guidelines are a tour de force and we need to continuously remind ourselves to, to achieve target blood pressures in each and every individual at risk.